Welcome to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. Can you believe it? We're at uh, episode 160. That's crazy. Should we quit now, guys? Should we? Should we quit now? I'm kidding. We're not going to quit anytime soon because I enjoy this. And as long as I've, even a handful of people enjoy this podcast, I'm going to keep going just because it gives me something to do. Not like I don't have anything else to do in life, but, you know, it's fun. It's something uh, that doesn't require me to draw. Or to be in front of like a other microphone playing a video game and you know sucking ass at that, uh, so you know I, I can suck at this platform and still enjoy it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode at hand where we have another uh, part two. I don't even think I've done the first movie for the review series yet, but uh, we're doing Fright Night two from 1988 and. Uh, if you guys didn't know that, you should know that because it's in the title. But, like, if you have it on autoplay and this new episode just came up on your podcast platform, I appreciate it. And thank you for coming back for another episode. So hopefully you guys will stay till the end. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate everything you guys do for me. It's kind of weird in this moment that I'm recording this podcast because it's Monday and it's 10 after 8 p.m., not a.m. And I've never done a podcast well, I've done like podcasts early in the morning, but never done the podcast at eight o'clock at night. And I'm waiting for Sam with some coffee. It was a long day, and I'm ready to uh, get this podcast on hand and uh, watch the movie at hand. Uh, you know, I got a bunch of artwork coming out, like I always. So check out that Instagram. Um, hasn't been doing that well for uh, like reaching people. So I'm not sure because I took a little hiatus from posting as much. If that's affecting it, or if you know Instagram just hates me like all other social media forms. Because I got another strike on Facebook. Because uh, apparently one of my drawings was promoting violence. But they wouldn't show me which drawing. So that's cool. Uh, I appreciate you, Facebook. You guys are great. Not. But whatever. Thank you. But you know where you can always see my artwork? Definitely go check out that YouTube channel. Because we also have the community posts. So I'm going to be start using those more. I'm going to post you know the single drawings and whatnot. The finished drawings. Concept drawings. All that kind of fun stuff. Also, we got the shorts, we got the weekly gaming videos, and we have other videos, old episodes of podcasts, whatnot going up. And like I said, gameplay videos every Wednesday. Pretty fun stuff. Uh, you know, if you like watching a gamer who doesn't really know how to game that well, uh, that's me. You should definitely go check that out. We also have the occasional live stream over on the YouTube channel as well, where I work on my daughter's uh, lunchbox drawings. And I'll be doing other drawings on the live streams as well. And then if you want to check out the gaming live streams, I'm keeping those all on Twitch for right now until I, I figure out a better setup. Uh, but it's just easier to just use the... I got a... Uh, I was literally blanking on the word, but I got a capture card. It's just It's a hassle every now and then to keep it 
you know, set up. I, I don't like keeping things set up if I'm not using them. So I, I break down the station every time I'm done using it. So it's easier just to kind of use the built-in app on whatever game console I'm using. But I will eventually get a new setup set up for that get the uh, face cam and everything set up because apparently people want that on on twitch i don't know why all you're gonna see is just a big hairy looking bigfoot looking guy but yeah it is what it is enough of that we're going to get right into the podcast at hand the episode at hand episode 160 i think i said wow that's still crazy to think that i've been doing this for 160 episodes but we're watching friday night part two from 1988 it's rated r for an hour and 44 minutes you can watch it for free on youtube just so you guys know uh the description on imdb is charlie brewster and peter vincent must face more vampires out for revenge that's it that's all keep it simple and short I- i'm okay with that and it's directed by tommy lee wallace known for halloween 3 season of the witch he was the director from that from 1982 from 1980 he was a ghost in the fog uh he was the director for this of course and he also did the art he was the art director i should say for 1976 assault on precinct 13 i really gotta revisit that movie i i enjoyed it a lot and of course he's got a bunch of other movies that you can definitely go check out and then of course the main writer i believe is tom holland that's the only thing I don't like on IMDb. It doesn't. It just says writers, and then it just gives you like three names. It doesn't really break down who did the writing, who did the screenplay, and all that kind of stuff. But you should know Tom Holland because he wrote the original 1985 Fright Night. He did Psycho 2, uh, where he played Deputy Norris from 1983 he was also the writer for child's play uh the 1988 version as well as the 2019 version which i actually have not visited so maybe we'll do that for the podcast um tin Met- metcalf i believe that's metcalf uh was also a writer who also did california uh spelled with a k from 1993 which i haven't actually watched he also did a killer a journal of murder from 1995 he was the writer for iron maze from 1991 and he was the writer for the 2009 the haunting in connecticut which i didn't really care for i'm I'm gonna be honest with you these haunting movies don't really care much for them at all and the last writer which i thought was interesting is miguel tija flores I probably I probably butchered the first half of that last name, but he's a writer for the 1994 Lion King. He was the writer for the 1995 Screamers movie. He was also the writer for 1984's Revenge of the Nerds, which I don't I don't know how he got part of Fright Night Part Two, but I guess it's a comedy movie in a sense. So that that makes sense for him to kind of kind of have a role in there. Uh, the tagline for this movie is just "Welcome back," because why not? Uh, I'm gonna skip the. Uh, I think I'm going to skip the trivia aspect on this one. Um, just because it's kind of all over the place. Um, maybe this part will actually, actually... Actually, let's expand the trivia aspect. So a little piece of trivia that I found interesting. Apparently, one of the few, if the only, vampire film to acknowledge that roses would repel vampires as much as garlic does. According to legend, five aromatic plants could repel vampires. Garlic, wolf veins, hemlock, wormwood, and wild roses. I never knew anything about the wild roses. Did you guys know? If you guys knew anything about that, let me know down in the comments below because I had no goddamn idea. Then again, I'm not a big vampire fan. I'm going to put that out there. I've always been more of a werewolf and zombie fan. Uh, Frankenstein, of course, if we're doing like the universal monsters, like if we're keeping that on track. I, I like Dracula, don't get me wrong. And, like, my favorite vampire movie is Near Dark. I think we did for the podcast. If not, I'm definitely going to have to do that one. Um, but, yeah. Friday Night, it's up there. I like I like it a lot. It's, it's up there with Lost Boys for me. But, anyways, apparently this movie has a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Apparently 95% of Google users like this film. And, apparently, this movie is supposed to take... Th- 
uh, placed three years after the original Fright Night movie. Uh, the release date was May 19, 1989, for a box office of $2.9 million. And as always, I say before every episode, um, I'm going to be talking about this movie from start to finish and hitting all the points in between. So if you guys don't want to be spoiled on a movie that came out in 1989, good year, year I was born, uh, definitely uh, feel free to pause now and go find it on YouTube because it's free to watch on YouTube. If not, then just stick around and uh, listen to the podcast. Hopefully you guys will stick around because I need you guys here and I really appreciate it if you guys stuck around. So please stick around because the movie is about to start right now. Presents Saturday Night at the Movies, the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures. Tonight. Tired of good girls? Good night, Charlie. Ready for some real excitement? Looking for someone incredibly seductive? You know how to use your lips, Charlie. Then this is your lucky night. Welcome to Fright Night. Fright Night 2. I kill vampires. Enter a world where each embrace takes your breath away. Come kiss me. It's the full moon, Charlie. And every kiss is a killer. Roddy McDowell. William Ragsdale. Do you mind if I borrow these? If you thought one was fun, wait till you do two. Fright Night 2. And the movie starts out kind of unique because I haven't seen this in a movie before. Like, it's just part two, of course, of a movie. But, like, they have a flashback, pretty much a whole entire flashback of what happens in the original Fright Night movie. From And it's like skipping all the small parts, but it shows, you know, um, the lead vampire being burnt alive and everything. Forget his name. Why, why do I forget his name? God damn it. Dandruff? Yeah, Jerry Dandruff. Anyways, after that little montage gets done, we then have uh, Charlie sitting in his little therapist's office talking to his therapist and saying how, you know, he thought his friends were kidnapped by this vampire that moved in. And, you know, it's just him being crazy. And he's like, I know it didn't happen because it was all just in my mind because vampires aren't real. And then the Fright Night 2 logo pops up on the screen. Charlie also mentions how uh, Peter Vincent's been trying to get hold of him. He's been ignoring him. And his, you know, therapist is just like, you know, you should get hold of him. You know, get in touch with him. You know, it was, you think he killed your best friend, but it didn't actually happen. Or maybe it did happen. And, you know, it's, you know, time has passed. You should, you know, rekindle the, the friendship or at least, you know, try to talk to him and see what's going on. Let me see Charlie back at his uh, apartment where he's opened up this big giant trunk and we see a bunch of garlic and steaks and all this other vampire hunting stuff. And he just grabs everything and just takes it out to the dump and just, just throws it right in the dumpster. He's like, I'm done with this vampire crap. It's not real. And then we cut to a TV production uh, company where we see uh, Peter Vincent getting ready to record his Fright Night TV series. And we see that like the big head producers watching on looking all 
stupid and fancy and shit. I really enjoy this scene, though, because it's like a movie inside a movie, and I really appreciate the detail and the effort that goes into everything. And then the director's like, well, where's the script? Where's the script? He's not even following the script. He's going off on his own. And then they get ready to go to commercial, and then Peter's going to have a drink, and then he looks over and he sees Charlie. And then the next thing we know, we cut to see them in maybe his green room or his office where he's, you know, sipping some drinks. And uh, Charlie brought his girlfriend with him, and... Uh, Vince is like, so does she know about them? And she's like, what, the vampires? Yeah, she's told, he, he's told me all about the vampires. I know all about them. And then we have a little bit of a, a drunken Peter Vincent who's going on about these various stories. And he's like, you know, the best story of all, of course, Charlie's already told you, you know, about his neighbor and whatnot. And he, he's just getting a little wasted. He's getting a little wasted. And, of course, uh, Vincent takes uh, Charlie's girlfriend off into a different room to talk to her about some stuff. So then uh, Charlie says, you know, walking around the room a little bit, just a little, you know, checking out the stuff. Then he decides to look out the window, just like he did in the first movie, and he sees some moving trucks, and he sees some big giant wooden crates being dollied in, and then an uh, old school, like, limousine pulling up. He's like, hmm, this looks very, very familiar to something I've dealt with before. And you can just tell the look on his face. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've been here before. No, it's nothing. Just in my head. That's all it is. Then we see Charlie and his girlfriend in the elevator getting ready to leave. And he's like, sorry, very eccentric uh, vampire hunter there. I had to put you to, you know, deal with. Uh, she's like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's very eccentric. It's very unique conversation. And uh, it wasn't that bad. And, you know, it's fine. Then they get to the ground floor of the elevator and they get out. And apparently she has to go use the washroom. I guess there's a public washroom in this building. Maybe. I don't know if it's his home or just an office setting i think it's like apartment buildings so i'm not sure why this public washroom but then we see shots of the person coming out of that limo and then next thing you know uh tries all you know where he's like you want me to come with you she's like no for what reason he's like oh i thought you might be a little jury and then he's sitting on like a waiting room couch and that's when the person from the limo comes in with her guards and she looks very fancy and she's definitely got Charlie's attention He's not really sure what to think. Also, that like that one of her guards is uh, Brian Thompson, who plays Bosworth. He's got that very eighties, you know, bad guy henchman look to him. It's just he's always looking pissed off, and I think he's a very unique character to have in a movie. But then uh, his girlfriend comes out of the washroom and scares the living shit out of Charlie. Let me see Charlie driving his girlfriend home. Uh, but they stop, like, randomly on the side of the road, on, like, the opposite side of the lane, too. They don't even stop at, like, a makeout point. They just stop on, like, the side of the road. Really kind of random. And then he starts, you know, getting ready to make out with her. He's like, you know, I got 7 a.m. class. Like, people actually go to class at 7 a.m.? He's like, yeah, it's business behavior or something like that. Anyway, so then we have a point of view of a bat coming in over top of the car. And then as they're making out in the car, we start to pan up on the camera. And the lead vampire is now... I believe her name is Regine, 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 Regine. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's dangerous sister. Anyway, she's laying on top of the the roof of the car and you know just kind of like rubbing her fingers against the roof of the car. It's like, how do you? I guess vampires are really light. You can't feel it on top of your roof or hear it, but you know whatever. She's got claws, got nails. You'd hear it. Okay, so from the point of view when that we're looking at the car from up in the sky it looks like they're on the random part of the road but now we find out they're actually parked outside of alex's Charlie's girlfriend's house and she just decides to walk up the long ass driveway to get to her home because she's like you know good night charlie We're, I'm, I'm going to sleep but then it looked like it's her house but next thing you know she's walking down a long ass sidewalk and she's just pissed off at him i guess but there's street lights all over the place 
I don't know, that shot didn't really make too much sense to me, or I'm just too stupid, or I'm just not focusing enough. You know, you can take a pick, leave it down in the comments below, if there's comments section, depending on if you're watching this on YouTube. Anyways, Charlie doesn't try to put up any try to fight, like, any kind of fight to try and get her back in the car. And she just, you know, decides to walk home, and we see, like, from the point of view of the, the, the bat, just trying to follow after her, and she gets into her building, closes the door, and we hear something hit the glass, and it's the dumbass henchman bat. In the glass, she's just like, what was that? I, I heard something. And then afterwards in the, the bush, we can hear something breathing inside the bush. And then someone else that lives in that building leaves. And we feel like the bat's going to follow after them. And I forget which one this This might be Louie or Belle. I'm not I think it might be Belle, actually, played by Russell Clark. The person who just left the building is now in what looks to be, like, the college or the school. And she gets spooked out by because there's a bunch of guys in the school. And then she notices her shoelace is untied. And she's like, oh, no, my shoelace is untied. So she goes down to tie it and then all we see is Belle's claws screeching up against the locker and then the sound starts to change and then we see Belle who likes the rollerblade coming right at her and she's like oh there's somebody uh, coming at me with rollerblades on but they also have fangs and giant ass nails for claws and they attack this lady out of nowhere. I guess they're just hungry. Midnight snack, maybe? Well, he sinks his fangs right into her throat. And we see blood go all over the place. And then she gets blood all over her paperwork and her schoolwork. And it's like, mm, don't think you're going to be able to hand that one in, actually. That's probably going to go against some codes and conducts and, you know, health reg regulations whatever the word is and uh, yeah you're not gonna be able to hand in that homework and then we see some boobs because we cut back to the apartment building where one of the friends is like why don't you close the shade someone's gonna see they could be outside and then outside once she closes the curtain there's this vampire that looks like a werewolf in the sense because he's super fucking hairy so i'm not sure if he's a hybrid like an underworld kind of thing beforehand but he's also got like really long ass claws and he's climbing up the side of the building and he's slowly starting to put his claws into this open window and then the lady who's brushing her hair then goes and slams the window shut and it breaks his nails off and he falls down like three stories into the bush and then when this guy lands in the bush then we see boss where just having a cigarette outside the bush he's like you're supposed to you bite her on the neck then we cut back to charlie's house and he's in bed sleeping and he's being woken up to someone knocking on his door and he's kind of avoiding it at first and rolling over he's like nah i didn't hear that and then it's like uh yep yeah. Sure did hear that. Whoever's knocking on the door says Charlie, and he opens up the door, and then shuts it right in front of her face, and he's like, there's no vampires, she's really hot, there's no vampires. And then he's like, that was very rude of me to shut the door. And then he opens up the door again, and she's walking down the hall. She's like, ah, oh, you're not the wrong try the right triad must have knocked on the wrong door and then she's like ah actually do you have a light and he's like ah yeah um let me just speed clean my apartment and then you can come and have a have a you know a light and uh we could just you know do whatever i did notice inside charlie's place when he's standing telling her to come in uh behind him is a poster for the predator which i thought was really awesome and she walks in shuts the door and she's like yeah you don't mind if i have a smoke in here do you well no no i, I said i had a light for you so yeah sure sure just smoking you can't smoke in the hallway probably uh then again it's 89 so you probably could and then she's like you know i, I would kill kill for coffee he's like it's fine you know I drink a lot of coffee while saying and then she's like you remind me of someone he's like uh charlie cassie no that's my cousin and then she's like you know you remind me of someone though had good lips and knew how to use his mouth do you know how to use your mouth like oh okay we're, we're moving fast aren't we here guys huh yeah don't worry about it charlie you don't have a girlfriend it's fine then as they're making out um charlie still has his band-aid on his neck from shaving uh 
she pulls the bandaid off and then her fangs come out and she slowly just puts a fang just in enough to get the blood flowing again and we see her eyes changing the vampire eyes and he doesn't notice at all until you know she's full fanged and full eyed and then he just wakes up and it's a nightmare but when he does wake up from his nightmare he actually wakes up to the sound of knocking on the door again he's like oh shit is she in here somewhere and then i also notice he's got a teenage caveman giant poster up on the wall as well i, I like looking at these small aesthetics all over the place and then he gets across to open the door and he opens the door and it's alex and she's like i want to talk to you she's like why you wait like a sheep then charlie's like please forgive me she's like you thought i was a vampire didn't you he's like yeah i guess i'm still not over yet actually to be honest with you yeah i did we go up to the back of the limo where we see uh dangerous sister and we see uh bell and whoever the other guy is i don't know which one he is uh, the werewolf-looking vampire that loses his nails. And Bella's just going to town on this Asian girl. I think she's Asian. I could be wrong. Anyways, he's just like, he's still in human form, naked. He's like, can, can I have a bite? Please, I'm hungry. We see Alex and Charlie getting in bed. And Charlie's got a cup of coffee with him. And he falls asleep in bed with the coffee. And she takes the coffee away so she doesn't spill over the bed. And then he, she looks over at his neck. And we find out the cut on his neck is actually starting to bleed a lot. To the point where the band-aid's actually soaked with blood. And the next day he wakes up to a note with her already gone. Because she's, you know, had a 7.30 a.m. glass. And of course when he looks out the window the sun's shining in. And it actually bothers him. And he starts closing the window very quickly. And then we cut to him in the therapist's office. Where he's actually wearing sunglasses. Because the light's affecting him too much. So the therapist wants to give Charlie some pills to knock out the dreams for a while. He opens up a drawer, and it's just completely fucking full of various pills. And he's just like, yeah, I got some stuff I got some stuff here for you. You take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you know, you'll be good. And then he's like, yeah, you know what? You should go to bowling. Bowling will help you get away from your vampire dreams. Bowling, huh? All right. We got to Charlie at the bowling alley where he's bowling by himself with sunglasses still on, by the, the way, just so you know. And uh, Alex comes over. He's like, so you're bowling by yourself. He's like, yeah, doctor's orders. You know, it's actually helping me. I feel good about it, actually, to be honest with you. Then uh, we find out Richie's coming over to uh, Charlie's place, wakes him up, and he's almost late for his date because it's been six hours of him napping. And we just see uh, Alex standing outside the little... Uh, art theater, whatever they're going to. And she does not look too happy at all. She's just kind of looking at her watch. Got the, the f tickets in hand. Being like, oh, yeah, Charlie, he's the fuck up. Yeah, he's the fuck up. Anyways, as Charlie's pulling up to the area, he actually drives by the limo. He's like, ah, fuck, they're here. And then he looks over. He notices his friend Richie is actually going on a date with Dandridge's sister. Regine, I believe is her name. It's supposed to be French. Also, apparently, Charlie wasn't outside the theater because then we cut to uh, him following the limo as dead of night. And we have a very, very pissed off Alex still looking at her watch as she has tickets in hand. Being like, oh yeah, I'm going to kill this boy. I like that Charlie follows him home and they see, or he sees uh, the mall get out of the limo and Richie's still with him. And he's watching as they're upstairs and you can see from the window because there's like a purple light coming out. And he stands on this like chicken statue. And then people start walking by, so he just puts his hand on the statue, being like, Hey, how's it going, guys? You guys come here often? Yeah, nice view, huh? And we cut back to uh, the art theater show, whatever play, and Alex is still standing out there, pissed off, and werewolf boy that loses his claws uh, comes over, he's like, So, excuse me, miss, uh, you got an extra ticket that I could maybe buy? And she's like, Yeah, that's your lucky day. And he's like, Yeah, I guess it is, my, yeah. He's like, You're dumb. Then we cut to uh, Charlie, who's up on the balcony on the building across, and he's looking as the vampires, Belle and 
uh, Regine start feasting on Richie, and he's like, "Ah, oh, this can't be happening. This death, this is definitely not a dream. This, this, this isn't real. This isn't real. It's gotta be a dream. It's gotta be a dream." And slam cut to uh, Charlie smashing on Peter Vincent's door. He's, Peter opens up. He's, Charlie, what's up? It's like it's happening again. This vampire again. And uh, Vincent's like, "Um, so uh, this requires some thought. Um, are you sure there's actual vampires? You know, look at the time. Maybe you're a little bit, you know, out of it. Maybe you're a little drunk. Maybe you've been hitting the wacky tobacco a little bit. Um, maybe you're just." sleepwalking who knows maybe you saw something that you didn't actually see and charlie gets all defensive like well you don't believe me Vincent? he's like i live here i can't technically go into my neighbor's places knocking on the door you know threatening and calling them a vampire because i gotta live with them because they're my neighbors so then they start walking down to the next apartment where um charlie saw the vampire the new neighbors and he's like so you got crucifix you got everything you need right and then uh he's like what you know you need to relax and then charlie's like well if you don't believe it then why'd you dress like that and then the guy opens up the door when they knock he's got fake vampire fangs so then charlie pulls up the uh the cross and he's like dude you need to relax it's just a party also as they get farther and farther into what i thought was this apartment it opens up into like a giant ballroom so i'm not really sure what the hell's going on if they're in an apartment or if they're in like a, an actual ballroom facility area i i got nothing i really don't know to be honest with you see they see richie on the couch and charlie goes over to I'm here to help you. I know you're in trouble. He's like, yeah, I could use a barrier. I guess I've been drinking too much tonight, to be honest with you. Then Richie kind of passes out on the couch for a couple seconds. And Charlie starts, like, trying to move his shirt collar around and be like, so where's the vampire thing, Marks? And then Richie wakes up. He's like, it's the wrong thing to do there, Brewster. Uh, I'm going to walk away now. And Charlie's like, ah, I'm sorry, Vincent. I guess I just got over my head. You know, it's just the party. I, I didn't think it was that. And then as they're leaving... Regine comes in and she pretty much draws everyone's attention and pretty much just pulls Charlie right into her arms and they do this like slow dance and Vincent's just watching on me like can that be me? I want to dance with the pretty vampire lady. Can that be me? There's kind of this cool scene too where she grabs his necklace as a cross on it and she's put him under a trance and when the necklace is farther away from her face she looks normal and then when it comes closer to her face we see the vampire version of her and then she just chucks it at a mirror to break the glass and then everyone starts clapping and uh, Charlie finally comes out of his little hypnotose state and he's just like what what just happened and then after the whole dance segment is over a girl comes over to talk to regina and ask for autograph and that's when charlie finds out she's a performer he's like ah oh, that's a very logical reason as to why all this stuff is going on and then he's like oh shit i forgot about alex oh god so charlie speeds off to go get alex and he leaves vincent in the party and vincent's kind of looking around and he also sees like some guy feasting on a girl's neck and he's like awkward um I don't know what's going on over there. I think I'm actually going to get ready to uh, turn my back and leave as he pulls out his mirror. It's got like this little smoke pack that has a mirror on it. He's looking at it. He looks back and he sees stuff that isn't there. Or I guess people that are missing. And it's uh, Regine and Belle dancing. And then he starts freaking out. He's like, yeah, gotta go. Time to go now. Vincent goes around to the party. And then that's when he looks down the hallway and we see Regine there. So then he starts running down the stairs. And then she meets him at the bottom of the stairs. So then he has a cross in his hand and she's like oh that's not gonna do anything for you actually to be honest with you and vincent's like so what do you want she's like let's talk about blood jerry dandridge was a thousand years old when he spilled his blood and he was my brother that's when she then calls vincent a coward and says he's going to pay as she then puts her cloak over top of her head and she slowly starts to disappear as smoke comes out and we see the cloak fall down the stairs and then a bat comes flying up and vincent just looks at it as it flies away and he's like oh yeah we're fucked charlie finally then makes it to a theater where we see all the signs up saying 
and no one else will be seated. And he's like, oh, damn it. I missed it. Yeah, you did. Of course you did. And then we see Alex being walked home by the vampire werewolf dude. And they walk by a dog, and the dog starts barking at him. And Alex's like, I don't think he likes me. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I don't like me. They walk a little farther away, and then he turns his back and turns into his werewolf form like just quickly on the head and growls growls at the uh, dog and the dog whimpers like yeah yeah that's cool and he walks her finally home and she gives him a kiss and she goes into her building and then Bosworth's like you're supposed to bite her on the neck he's like ah I'm not hungry actually to be honest with you we then see Charlie asleep in his bed as a room starts to fill up with smoke and then once the room fully fills up with smoke the smoke actually turns into Regine and then she gets in the bed with Charlie and he doesn't wake up at all and she sees a note that Alex left and just throws it on the floor and she like cuddles up close to him, being like, Oh, you're you're so nice and warm. I'm just gonna feed on your neck a little bit while you sleep. And he's in some kind of trance because the whole room's falling up with smoke. She's pulls the band-aids off his neck. She's feeding on his neck as the phone's ringing because uh Vincent's still trying to get hold of him as he's sitting in his rocking chair, hugging a giant sized cross. And he never wakes up to not the bite nor the phone ringing. Then we have Vincent it's a day it's daytime now it's the next day and he's running into say he's like there's vampires we gotta let everyone know we gotta go on the air now i gotta let everyone know that there's actual vampires runner and his whole set is being taken down he's like you know you're fire you know things that just haven't been working out and then someone puts a new cardboard cutout on his uh chair and it says fright night but now it's hosted by regine of all people of course he's like you can't you can't hire her she's she's a vampire can't do that. Then we have Charlie trying to make it up with Alex as he gives her flowers and saying how he's sorry and how he hasn't felt right the last couple days. And she's like, I haven't felt right either. And he tries to say, oh, maybe we're falling in love. And then she walks away being like, you know, I'm trying to go to college. I want to make something of my life. And then she starts questioning if he wants to date her. And then she makes a joke about uh, Charlie not liking good cinema and good novels. He's He gets very offended by it. He's like, have you ever read Dracula? Have you ever read the literature of Dracula? You're missing out if you haven't. And she's like, I did know you were that serious about it then as soon as we thought charlie and alex were making a little bit of leeway a little bit in the relationship vincent runs over he's like charlie actually you're right she didn't cast a reflection and uh charlie's like no no it's just an act she's just that's part of her act there's no actual vampires and vincent's like there is it's vampires. It really is. Then we have the scene where Charlie's just standing off as he's watching a bunch of people leaving the college. And it's a bunch of girls. And he's just, he sees like their necks are open. Like there's no turtlenecks or anything. No giant shirts. No giant collars. He's like, mm, that looks like a good neck. And then he's like, all right, got to put my sunglasses back on. Lights hurt my face. Then we see Charlie going to get a slice of pizza. And he's eating it. And then the, the lady's like, yeah, my special ingredient is a whole bubble garlic on each slice. And then he starts puking and getting sick by it. Because, you know, he's turning into vampire. He's allergic to gar- garlic now. Running through the area. He went to go see the nurse, but the nurse was, wasn't in. And then he hears a TV playing. And on the TV, we find out that they found the body at Richie. And that he's, you know, found dead, of course. And they don't know what happened to him, what killed him. But it's very suspicious. Then Charlie's in the private building and he sees Bosworth going down into the like basement boiler room area. So then he decides, yeah, I'm gonna follow this guy because he hangs out with Regine. And he follows the person Bosworth down into the basement area and Bosworth goes off to a different area. And we see a casket. So then Charlie goes over and opens the casket inside his belts, you know, taking his power nap because, you know, it's daytime. He slowly opens it and then closes it. Like, yeah, vampire. Knew it. So then he's looking around and he finds this old kitchen chair and decides to break off one leg. He's like, oh, I hope this isn't making too much noise as I try to get a vampire spike. 
like to uh, stab you right in the heart. And of course, Charlie hears uh, Bosworth coming up the other side of the steps, so he has to hide behind this like workbench table where Bosworth is feeling around at the table, and he finds a bug, and he likes to eat bugs. I'm not sure what kind of character Bosworth is because you know he's awake and walking around as all the vampires are sleeping. I'm not sure what the hell he's supposed to be. I really don't. Then after Bosworth leaves, Charlie decides to go down the set of stairs that he came from, and we find out there's like a hole in the wall that leads to where we see the elevator in the building going up and down, like the whole elevator shop, but it also opens up and we see this other giant casket off on the side, so he's like, ah, I'm gonna go over here to see what's inside as I have my wooden chair legs as stakes. He opens up the casket, and of course it's Regine inside, and he gets ready to stab her, and as soon as he gets ready to put his hands over his head to get ready to stab her, she actually wakes up and she her eyes turn red and his eyes turn red so then he stops doing what he's doing and then she closes her eyes again so charlie just closes the casket and walks away then we see a very dazed and confused charlie walking out of the building with his sunglasses on just walking right into traffic and almost getting sideswiped by a taxi cab as he honks his horn and drives by him and that finally wakes charlie out of the trance that he was in so we find out the werewolf looking guy is louie and he shows up at the library as uh alex is trying to study and he's like you know what i know your boyfriend's coming so like if your boyfriend doesn't show up by nine i'll come back over and i can take you for coffee <laughs> he's leaving the building and then bossworth and bell greet him he's like so yeah you're banging her he's like come on i, I got a date with her i'm not hungry i'm not trying to feed on her and then we see charlie going into the library he's like come on i, I gotta go take him out so i can have my date then for whatever reason bossworth bell and louis go to the bowling alley they pretty much kill the owner of the bowling alley and close it up so they can bowl by themselves. As we have some music playing in the background, you know, setting the mood. They look like they're having fun, being happy vampire bug-eating werewolf creatures of the night, even though only one of them sleeps during the day. So and then at one point in time, like Louis bowling and he sometimes gets somehow gets stuck in the, the pin collector. I don't know how, but whatever. Charlie shows up and sees Alex in the library and he's like, you're reading Dracula? What? You're reading Dracula? She's like, yeah, it's a great book. And then back at the bowling alley, we have Lou. He's playing a prank on Bossworth, who's Bossworth's not too happy about it because Bossworth's waiting for a ball to come out of the, like the ball collection area. And it's actually the, the owner's head. And he starts freaking out. And then he goes over to Louie and starts like throttling him by the throat, being like, that's not funny. I don't like that. And then to calm them bell down, Belle decides to turn on the TV. And that's when Fright Night, hosted by Regine, comes on. And we find out um, Vincent is also watching it from a bar by himself while lonely as yes, he sips on his beer. Then as Vincent's sitting in the bar, this guy comes over. He's like, I know I've seen you from somewhere. What do you do for a living? And he's like, vampire killer. And the guy's like, come on, seriously, what do you do? I know you're no killer. He's like, are you hard of healing? I kill vampires. So then he leaves the bar and gets in his car. He's like, you know what? I'm a vampire killer. I'm going to kill this bitch. So even uh, Charlie and Alex are watching this little... Um, intro to regine being the new fright night house on this little horrible tv and he starts freaking out so he turns off the tv and then she's like i'm gonna go get you some water as she's going to get some water though we see louis just hiding in the background be like yeah i'm up to no good so then louis decides to go over to alex and grabs her arm and she's like you're hurting me he's like oh i'm hurting you and makes your face look pretty though i'm gonna call for your little boyfriend huh so then uh charlie comes running over and we see in louis eyes that he's you know he's not normal and that starts to freak out charlie so then charlie grabs alex and they start running out of the library we're trying to hide at least we see them trying to hide in the aisles of the books and we then see louis pop up and he's in his full werewolf attire except for he's still got the clothes on so that's good so then uh, charlie drops a bookcase on him but then louis just keeps popping up everywhere they go louis then gets uh charlie down on the ground and then 
this is weird because uh, Alex grabs the roses that Charlie got her for like a, you know, please forgive me gift. And she literally rams them right down Louis's mouth. And he starts freaking out and then he falls out the back window. And then Charlie's like, see, that was not hypnosis. That's a real thing. I know that's a real thing. Which I thought was actually cool because it calls back to the trivia that we mentioned at the earlier episode earlier part of the podcast but yeah watching this before i never really even realized that the roses had any effect on i just thought maybe he didn't like stop being rammed in his throat i don't know <laughs> i was like see if you had never read the book you wouldn't have known the roses were gonna save my life she's like yes i know so everything's real i understand now you weren't lying you're not crazy and we're in trouble and of course as regine's trying to record the episode of the tv show vincent starts running in with a, a dagger and spike and then the crew has to like grab him and be like yeah so uh we got it arrest you and the next thing you know we see officers showing up to the library to arrest uh charlie and alex then we see vincent at the police station as two guys are like you know i grew up watching it's like he's stuck in one of his movies like, what would we do to him do we send him to the state hospital asylum like what, what are we going to do with him now then we see uh apparently it's just charlie that got arrested because then the officer comes and he's like yeah you can you can go man and then we see alex and the therapist showing up being like we want to you know, bail out Charlie Brewster. And the officer's like, ah, you're, you're late, actually, to be honest with you. And then she's like, well, who who bailed him out? He's like, I don't know. Actually, she's not from around here, but she's pretty good looking. And Alice is like, well, can we bail out Peter Vincent then? He's like, ah, yeah, actually, about him. He's also gone, too. And he's he didn't get bailed out, though. He's actually at the state hospital. So if you guys want to go to the state hospital and try and bail him out, good luck to you. You see Alex and therapist on the way to the state hospital. That's when they stop at a train crossing because the, they uh, train signals going off and Alex's like ah, I don't think there's actually a train coming because we've been sitting here for a few minutes and nothing's happening and then we see the therapist has some fangs and she starts freaking out so she runs out of the car and then everywhere she runs the doctor's right there so he then tackles her to the ground pretty much and she grabs a rock and smashes him in the side of the face with it then they're fighting on the train tracks and she's trying to dig out the train tracks and gets a piece of wood out smashes him in the side of it and breaks it and then it's a spike so then she stabs him in the chest with it and he's like ah oh, it hurts. This feels terrible. You didn't push quite hard enough to actually kill me, though. This hurts. It's a funny scene because he's like, you know what? I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. I'm going to take care of this myself. And then he literally pushes the wood down as he, you know, falls down on the ground to try and make it impale through him more. He's like, there. I got it. We're good now. We see Alex finally getting to the state ward hospital where she finally is able to buzz in and be like, uh, I'm Peter Vincent's uh, doctor. I actually need in there right now so I can actually talk to him and figure out what's going on with this situation. So uh, Alex has to show some fake cards and the actual secretary lady doesn't. She's she's a drill sergeant. She doesn't actually believe that Alex is an actual doctor, but she finally lets uh, her in to see Vincent. And then we find one of the other patients actually helps them because she drops a card and he looks at it and finds out it's a therapist card. So then the secretary lady takes it. He's like, hmm, not the real doctor, huh? So then this guy literally hits her in the head with the mop bucket and then takes out one of the other guys after hitting the fire alarm so that Vincent and Alex can get out of the hospital and, you know, go deal with their vampire issues because he's a fan of Dr. Vincent, Peter Vincent. I don't know why I said doctor. We're going to leave that in, though. You see Alex and Vincent stopping at a church to grab a bunch of supplies and Alex is like, so am I going to go to hell for this? And then Vincent walks out with the uh, some kind of priest robe. He's like, I'm just borrowing. I promise. I'll bring it back. Hopefully, I'll bring it back. And then we see Charlie in a bath as he's being bathed by... uh, Regine and Belle and she's like soon enough you'll be immortal that way I can torture you 
forever for what you did to my brother. Then Vincent and Alex stop at his apartment or his home to grab some supplies to hunt the vampires with. And he's listing off all the movies that he's used these various items on. And one of them is like, oh, Jaws of the Vampire. I love that one. Then we cut and see uh, Vincent and Alex hanging off the side of the building as they're crawling like from window to window and they finally get to the vampire's home. And that's when they see uh, Charlie in a robe pretty much asleep on the couch kind of, you know, moving around a bit. He's uncomfortable. And they they sneak in the window and then they hide behind the curtain because then Richie walks into the room. He's like, hey, Charlie, wake up, buddy. You know, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm alive. And Charlie's like, I thought you were dead. She's like, nah, I just got off the slab not too long ago. I've just been resting. I'm a vampire. Richard goes to leave the room, so then Vincent and Alex go to see Charlie, and they're comforting him, and then Vincent walks back in the room with a tray of tea, and then we, I didn't mention this yet, but uh, Vincent on his back has like the bug spraying kit that you wear as a backpack. He's got holy water in it, so he starts spraying Vi uh, Richie's face to the point where Richie starts like blistering up and boiling, and then he falls over and is like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good equipment to have. Let's go up. At this point, Alex is locking down all the doors in the room, and then Vincent's trying to help Charlie get to the window so they can get out on the balcony or the, the ledgeway to try and get out. And that's when Charlie starts to change. His eyes start to change. And then Alex has to put the robe over him to try and relax him, calm down, kind of take the vampire out of him, I guess. And then Vincent gets out on the ledge, and that's when the window shuts, and we see Louis in full werewolf vampire form above him. And now we have uh, Vincent hanging off on the ledge as uh, Louis starts, you know, poking his fingers being like uh oh, this little pig he went to market that's when then charlie grabs one of the weapons that they brought and he shoots uh louis louis changes back into his human form as he's falling off the ledge and it lands into the, the water fountain down below and pretty much is dead then we see the three of them trying to escape through this apartment area or whatever the places and they come into a room where we see bell trying to light a candle so then charlie tries to shoot him and then bell disappears and then the door opens and we see bosworth opening the door and then um vincent goes to shoot him twice and bosworth just grabs both wooden stakes like it's nothing and then bell comes up behind them and grabs alex then regine walks in and she's like welcome to fright night and then she instantly lights all the candles all at once good Good magic trick. Bosworth then goes over and knocks out Vincent with a couple shots. Doesn't take much because Vincent's an older man. And then they put Alex down on her knees. Regine, who's now still trying to control Charlie, she says, Now it's time for you to feed on the one you love. As Alex is trying to, you know, get a hold of Charlie, get in his head to, you know, let him know that she loves him and that she doesn't want him to do this. Charlie then sees that Alex is crying and it pulls him out of his vampire instincts. So then he reaches in, grabs uh, Bella's hands that have long ass fucking claws all the time and pulls him towards him which then he uses to cut Bombsworth's stomach open and we see Bombsworth walking like backward as his you know stomach is all ripped apart and then bugs all start to come out of his stomach as he slowly like melts away and then all the candles go out and Regine leaves the room and then we see Bell coming at them with his rollerblades on and Alex and Charlie both grab the the robe and they literally tackle bell with the robe to the point where he starts to melt and pretty much light comes all out and we just see him melt to nothingness and then there was one regine screaming because she knows she's the last one alive so vincent goes and opens the curtains and the light starts to come in and she freaks out turns into a bat literally flies through the door and they have to chase after her as she's flying through all these doors destroying them all they then see that she's going into the service elevator which takes her all the way down to her casket so then as the elevator is going down they push the doors open a bit and then charlie decides to throw the gun up into the lever section 
the gear section, I should say, it stops the elevator from working. So then they hear her doing stuff, and then we see her, she's scratching at the floor of the elevator because she's trying to break through the floor of the elevator so that she can get down to her coffin that's in the basement. That's when then Vincent sends Charlie and Alex down to the basement so they can try and cut off Regine because if they wait until the sunlight comes up charlie thinks he's going to die because the sunlight's going to kill him or he's going to have to turn into you know a, a, a day sleeper like regine is so we see the two of them running down to the basement they're getting the vampire dirt set up as they're putting some holy thingies in the dirt i don't know the technical term i personally have never really gone to church so i don't know the technical term but anyways as they're going down to the basement we see vincent trying to climb down the elevator shaft to get to the elevator at this point in time he gets to the top of the elevator she's still trying to break for the floor but which is weird because apparently the elevator has a really strong floor i guess it would make sense but she's blowing for these doors like no problem anyways he opens the top hatch and looks in and he closes it instantly because we see her in full vampire form but then she starts breaking through the roof like no issues at all couple hits here and there and she breaks it through the the roof as now vince is standing off in the corner holding her cross terrified for his life because she's full vampire mode she gets closer to vincent vincent puts a cross on her face so then she you know breaks through the floor of the elevator turns into a bathroom goes to her coffin but then we see the stuff is set up in her coffin so she's like fuck can't sleep there so then she flies around a little bit knocks alex out because alex is holding a cross and she's pretty pissed off about that and then we see the cross hanging off in the sunlight a little bit and charlie goes goes to grab at it and he's like Ooh, i don't know if i should touch that that's probably gonna hurt me we then see vincent climb back up the elevator shaft and he goes to the broken mirror and he grabs a big giant piece of mirror and points it at the sun coming through and then points it down into the the elevator shaft because originally um Regine's like oh your luck looks your fearless vampire hunter friend's leaving and he shoots the sunlight down and then charlie grabs Regine and pulls her farther into the sunlight and then we slowly see her starting to smoke a little bit and burn as the sunlight keeps hitting her because she can't go into her coffin and then her face starts to like boil and melt a bit and then it catches on fire and we see Regine still getting hit with the sun as it she's in you know, full flames out and she's walking over to her coffin and falls in then the whole coffin blows up, goes into flames. The coffin's still there, though. And then there's a whole giant explosion that goes up the elevator shaft, but uh, Charlie and Alex are still okay. And then we see a skeleton hand coming up out of the coffin, and then it falls and hits the ground, and all the bones break. And then we see Alex and Charlie laying in the sun as Charlie's retelling his story, and Alex is kind of making some notes, and she's like, I don't know what we're going to do with this story, to be honest with you. And then uh, Alex asks the age-old questions, like, what if there's more out there that we don't know about he's like well we'll just you know do what vincent says we'll just you know stay armed maybe make some babies have some babies fight for us you know get a farm get a mule a banjo live out in the woods somewhere in the country hopefully they'll just leave us alone have lots of roses some garlic yeah we'll be fine then while they're on this picnic we see them starting to make out as they pull the blankets over each other and the outro credits start to play as the music starts to play and that's the end of the movie i gotta say i really enjoyed this movie i love the comedy aspect and i love the secondary characters like bosworth and louis and bell i thought they were all cool and their their look is really unique i'm definitely gonna have to draw them at some point i'm probably gonna draw a bunch of characters maybe i'll do a whole one sheet of the, all these characters and see i don't know we'll see i got so much artwork i gotta get done but enough of that um for the rotten view on the scale of 10 for this one i'm going to give it a seven i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot i love the comedy aspects and stuff so i can't remember what i gave the original one so hopefully i think they're i think they're on par i personally think they're both good movies so hopefully you know i didn't rank one higher than the other. i don't know i can't remember to be honest with you if i did i did but in this moment at this point in time during this watching i'm definitely giving this one a seven just because i thought it was really good sure it doesn't have um 
Ed in it, which I thought was a really awesome character from the first one. Rightfully so, because what happens to him, he can't be in it. But nonetheless, I thought this was a really good movie. Definitely highly recommend watching it. And like I said, you can watch it for free on YouTube. All right, which brings us to our time of the night where we got to pick what we're going to watch next week or day, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to watch Freak Show from 1989, a horror anthology, which you can also watch for free on YouTube. Just saying to go check it out. Uh, I've watched it once and I can't remember if it's good or not. So, uh, that's my brain for you. Dad brain. So yeah, hopefully you guys will check that one out. And if not, just wait for uh, next week for me to uh, talk about it. I'm sure I'll make it just as entertaining as the movie is, hopefully. Um, but yeah. Also, something I was thinking of, because I've been streaming a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and making videos, which you can check them out on the YouTube page uh, each and every week. Well, not new Texas Chainsaw Massacre videos every each and every week. But there's a few out there. What if, if somebody, because there's this whole surgeons of horror movies games, because you had the Friday 13th game, Dead by Daylight, we're not going to count that because we're talking about actual games that are based on movies. We've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Now we have a Killer Clown game coming out sometime next year, I believe. I think doing a Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, sorry, uh, Fright Night, let me get this straight, uh, a Fright Night game where you have both movies put together, you have various areas that you have to escape or try and kill the vampires, and you can have, like, I don't know, 4v4, maybe 3v4, I thought it'd be a cool concept, so if somebody listens that wants to make this game, feel free to take the idea, just uh, give me some credit for it, I, I think it might be a kind of cool idea, but maybe that's just me being silly, I don't know, maybe, who knows, let me know down in the comments of wherever you're listening to this if you think a fright night game could be something that could be interesting maybe a lost boys game i would be i would go for a goonies game too or a gremlins game gremlins would be awesome kind of have like a race against the clock kind of thing where you gotta try not to get all the actual gremlins active or something along those lines i don't know it's something to think of it's something that could happen at some point in time but it probably won't but anyways enough of that uh enough of me having a tangent about video games because i like video games and i like horror movies uh you're here to listen to the outro band now because they're going to start playing here in a few seconds um as always trauma based horror band go check them out blood opera you can find all the links down below but you can find them on spotify soundcloud youtube instagram pretty much anything and everything as well you can check out all my links below follow me on all social medias at typhonstein we got twitter x threads Instagram, um, Facebook fan page, Facebook page in general, and the main thing being the YouTube channel where we post the weekly gaming videos and a bunch of other content for free. So definitely go check that out. Subscribe, turn on the bell notifications that we get notified every time we go live with a new video or post or, you know, subscribe on uh, Twitch. So you get notified every time I post it or start streaming, I should say. Can't actually post videos on there. It's all streaming. I'm just tongue-tied. It's it's late, even though I started this early, but there's been some technical difficulties with people outside on the sidewalk being too loud so i gotta pause things so wait for the ruckus to leave the area ah joys of a small town anyways make sure to check all that stuff out and uh yeah make sure to wherever you listen to this hit that rate button subscribe button star leave a star review if you're on spotify apple review if you're on itunes apple whatever it might be or any other site and the main thing you guys can do if you don't want to do that hit that share button share it with your friends your dog, co-workers, your enemies, share it with your enemies, make them really annoyed to listen to this podcast. And yeah, just share it all over the place. Until next time, I'll talk to you guys all later. Peace! I am a whisper in a classroom, no writing on the wall. What blood for, if not for the shit?
Today. 